Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, it's here, it's here, it's finally here. It's Territorial Cup week. Yeah, we made it. We, you know, 12 games, and here we are. And I, I think we deserve some sort of like merit badge for continuing this loyalty uh, through this losing streak. But, yeah, you know, maybe, hey, you know, we, maybe, don't, we only need to look down the road to see that it can be worse. I mean, maybe not a trophy, but certainly some sort of certificate yeah, is in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've, uh, we've stuck through it, good, bad, and indifferent. And so, uh, yeah, we've, we've made it to the, to the finale. Hopefully there's one more after this. Um, and I guess there's a small chance there might be one more even if we don't win because they have to – fill the the bull slots so we'd have a shot at five and seven but well, i'm hoping we could take that out of play and get that sixth win and at least walk in with our heads kind of high well what's nice mm-hmm. is as you alluded to the the wildcats are two and nine and oh and eight in conference they're a al- they are actually somehow allowing more points per game at 380 or 38.6 yeah. compared to our 38.4 <laughs> Um, yeah 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 they make us look good they're the only team that makes us look good yeah they kind of do um and hopefully you know that will continue um because you know as much as you say both defenses are bad and they are neither offense has looked very good i mean arizona's really hasn't looked good all year um which is kind of a surprise you know given given what they've been i mean they're their identity the past, you know, last year was, was very similar to us in that, you know, they couldn't stop anybody, but they could put up a bunch of points. And this year, um, you know, their, their defense got off to a little bit better start and the offense just wasn't there. And, and then as the year's gone along, it seems like the defense has crumbled and the offense has never found its groove. And they're just, uh, you know, they're not, they're not playing like a typical Rich Rodriguez type of offense. Um, they've played musical quarterbacks with injuries and, and ineffectiveness, uh, you know, and they've played three and we've played three. And uh, so it's it's not a surprise these teams are in the position they're in. For the Wildcats, Brandon Dawkins is both their leading passer and rusher. Yeah, and he hasn't even, you know, played every game. He's been in and out of the lineup. I mean, it seems like the last month they've been playing both quarterbacks through a combination of, of guys getting hurt, guys just not playing well. Um, I saw Solomon got hurt again last week, so I don't know what his status is, um, if they said he's out for this game or not. But, uh, you know, you'd, you'd figure it'll be Dawkins, who we saw last year and who who played fairly well against us um, last year. You know, we, we were able to outscore them, but he put up some numbers on us. So, um, you know, you'd figure he'll have some success. But, again, this is kind of a hard game to see because both offenses are struggling, both defenses are struggling. And so, uh, you know, which which struggling unit finds its way, I guess, it will probably be the winner. I was about to say that Dawkins fits the mold of the kind of quarterback who gets us in trouble. We saw that with Texas A&M and Kyler Murray last year. Yeah. And we saw that again, you know, with him at yeah. the end of the season. But yeah. really, any kind of quarterback right yeah, now is getting us in trouble. So. I was going to say that as you started that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've uh, we've been picked apart this year by – by, you know, a, a run-first quarterback like, a, you know, Troy Williams, by a, a mobile quarterback like a Pat Mahomes, and by, a, you know, a pocket statue like a Davis Webb. Um, it hasn't mattered. You know, we've, we've just hemorrhaged passing yards in pretty much every game we've played. The one nice thing going for us is, the, is U of A's averaging under 200 yards passing per game, 
which is good because we're averaging allowing over 380. So yeah, yeah. this is yeah, one of those yeah. when a when a movable force, you know, it really is. Yeah, it's it's that you know, what's the uh, irresistible force and the immovable object? We're we're kind of the opposite. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and I hope you know, and that's that's uh, one of the things I noticed that that you know Haller talked about today in his article was, you know, th- this this offense should be able to find a little bit of rhythm. They haven't had much the last month or so and and a lot of that has been due to you know again quarterbacks going in and out um injuries at every spot we talked about that the last time we talked like every position group has been affected in a big way by injuries um but you know you you gotta hope if you're gonna find any sort of rhythm it's it's gotta be you know against an opponent that like you said is giving up more points than us um so you know the opportunity should be there it's really quite something how far these teams have fallen. As you and I have talked about offline and as mm-hmm. has been making the rounds, this game was for the South Crown two years ago, and now it's to see if one team can get a conference win and if the other exactly. team can get to bowl eligibility. Exactly, yeah. And, and you know, we've, we've discussed this over the years, um, that one of the reasons this, this rivalry you know, doesn't get a lot of national traction is because there's too many games like this. Uh, you know, it was 2014 was was a, a, an exception to the rule. A lot of the games have been like this where, you know, one or both teams are just trying to scratch their way into a bowl game. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, 2014 looks like it was a blip and not the start of a new trend. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a rough go this year. And in the historical series, U of A still has an eight game lead, 48 to 40 with one tie however you know the sun devils have won three out of four under graham against rich rod i can't say i'm like overly optimistic about this game because of how we've played but i am quietly confident i would sure as opposed to as opposed to say a cody cole who's openly confident (laughs) yeah yeah boy i mean those those comments from him and tim white were both uh very much like you know. Well, let's just throw it out there. And look, they didn't they didn't say anything that isn't true. But you know, you didn't you didn't get the lines of uh, you know false respect and and well, you know, this team is really good and their record doesn't show it and blah blah blah. It was it was more like uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunities out there and we got to score points and uh, you know and even I think Cody Cole even said you know we'll get a bowl game. Like well, I love your confidence. I hope that's true. Yeah, I mean it's really it's really been this team trying to force a swagger, it almost feels like because yeah. for as bad as it's been and we're on a, you know, we're on a pretty significant losing streak, it it's better than it's been in Tucson, so I it guess is. we are the we are the team with better momentum. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you it's, it's hard to believe that, you know, coming in on a five-game losing streak having not won since October 8th that you can say that, but yeah, um, it's been, I think what, since mid September that they last won and they beat Hawaii and, uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, one of those games. I think I, I kind of agree with the way you, you said it, you know, I don't think you can be overly confident given the way we've played the last five games, um, against anybody. I don't, you know, I don't care if we were playing NAU again or, or any, you know, FCS competition, we just haven't played well. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you're going to if you're going to get a game that can break the streak for you, 
it's against an opponent like this, I suppose. I mean, and if it wasn't the rivalry game, you would be looking at this and saying, well, we should win this game. But because it's Arizona, you kind of have that trepidation. And at least I do. It's in Tucson. The weather's yeah. the weather's not going to be a factor. It's supposed to be beautiful in Tucson, but right, right. You know that, like you said, you never know what's going to happen in these games. It's it's how when Andrew Walter was here and we were rolling to a nice season, right. we dropped the game in Tucson. It, uh, it just I mean, happens. That was that was one of those games that you know, not just from an ASU fan perspective, but from a general sports fan perspective. I always look back on and think, don't get overconfident. Don't, you know, because I, I made the mistake. It was our freshman year, and, and we were 8-2, and two and, and we'd beaten everybody who we should have beat. We'd been rolled by USC and Cal when they were both top 10 teams. But everybody else we'd beaten, Arizona was 2-8, and eight, and I did a lot of gapping, and I did a lot of talking, and, and we didn't back it up. And, and I learned my lesson from then on, like, you know, you still have to play the game. And and uh, especially yeah, when when your team is five and six, I don't think you can go in feeling too confident. Uh, you know, you don't want to come in there with a swagger like, uh, "Look at how good we are. We're five and six compared to two and nine. I guess that's good, but it's still not good." Yeah, when you more than double another team's win total and you're still not bowl eligible in right. the, the final week right. of the season, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we we've discussed this over the years in relation to football and basketball. The notion of, you know, just beating Arizona or being better than Arizona, is that something to take pride in? This year, it's definitely not. Uh, you know, now now beating them would be nice. It would be a, a nice, um, you know, to, I guess for the analogy, would be like, you know, eating a bad meal and having a nice little dessert. Doesn't erase the bad meal, but you, you leave feeling a little bit better than you did. Um, that's all it would be. It's It's not anything that I think we should, you know, uh, be you know waving the flag over if we do win. I mean, looking at Arizona's season in the Pac-12, they play Washington to a seven-point loss, right? And then overtime, yeah. yeah. And then it just the wheels come off. UCLA they lose by twenty-one. Utah they lose by thirteen, which is like losing by fifty because of Utah's yeah. defense. Yeah. USC they lose by thirty-four. Stanford twenty-four. Washington State sixty-two point loss. Yeah. Co- yeah. You know, Colorado 25 and Oregon State also 25. 25. So, yeah, which was, I think, Oregon State's biggest conference win in like three years or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, they, they've really um, not been competitive in the last month and a half. You know, uh, you know, just just blowouts. Obviously, the, the crescendo was Washington State, you know, the 69 to 7, I think, was the final. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they just haven't been able to compete. Um uh, now, we've had a, some of the same. We haven't lost a game by that much, but like we were talking about Sunday, you know, we haven't really lost a lot of these games by close margins. They've been, they've been convincing losses. They're not games you can say, well, boy, if one or two plays had gone different, we would have won. No, they, we deserved every one of these losses. That's true, but I still feel good about this. I, I, I think we'll make a bowl. I think we'll win this game. And I'm just gonna keep. So. I'm just gonna keep putting that out into the universe and hope yeah. it comes true. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it would it would be a a really hard pill to swallow to lose this one. You know, as much as I just said, like winning winning it would would be kind of a nice you know end point to a rough stretch. Losing it is is you know then you end on a six game losing streak, and this is the cherry on top that, that does not you know does not feel good. I mean, you could you can say. 
that in this losing streak, and you're, you know, you'd be right. Most of the games we've lost are to good teams. You know, we, we lost to Washington and Washington State, who are tied for the lead in the in the North. We lost to Colorado, who's leading the South. Uh, we lost to Utah, who's a top twenty-five team. The Oregon one is is the one that you know, not a very good team that we lost to. Um, aside from that, though, we've we have lost to good teams. This is not so. So this is one that you just you have to find a way to get. It makes me think of in the old NCAA football game how you would have the green arrows for things and the red arrows for things and this feels Mm -hmm. like one where a win gets you bowl eligible and it's two green arrows moving forward but a loss is like five red arrows yeah 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 i think i think that's right yeah i mean there's there's more there's more to lose by losing than to gain by winning uh you know getting to a random bowl game xyz really doesn't mean a whole lot um, I, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've grown weary of the stats and it's not just ASU, it's every school that, you know, now oh, you got this many consecutive bowls or whatever. Well, you know, any program with a pulse makes a bowl. Um, I mean, you, you know, again, last year and probably again this year, there's going to be under 500 teams that make a bowl. So that doesn't really mean a whole lot to me, but it's better than the alternative, you know, of, of not making one and losing six in a row and losing to Arizona. And those, those are the, those are the disaster points. And those are the points that, you know, will, will only increase the heat on Todd Graham. We go down there and don't play well and get beat soundly. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of calls that Ray Anderson needs to change his mind. Yeah. But I think we're going to win. I'm going to pick the sun devils going over the wildcats 38 to 28. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to pick us to win too. I think I'll, uh, uh, I think I'll go 31 to 20. I mean, it's not going to be comfortable and I wouldn't be surprised if in the first half, like the halftime scores, something ugly, like 14 to 10, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, when, when, You've got two bad defenses. You you know you want to pick, you know fifty five to forty one. But I'm not sure either offense is good enough to do that. I think ours was at one point, um, but we're still we're still banged up in a lot of areas. You know we have Wilkins back, which is good, um, and and that you know that helps a little. But still got offensive line issues. Still got issues at receiver. I don't think we can score that many points on anybody, really. And and I don't think their offense is good enough to do that either, I hope. Well, you know, this will be a litmus test for just how bad this defense is. If they give up, you know, 35-plus to this team, we'll know they're really, really, really bad. Right now, we just know they're really bad. Yeah, it's the extra two reallys that are on, <laughs> on, the, on yeah. the table for this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's again, this is just, just like the program overall, like, Go out and play well in this game and hold them to 14. It's not anything you can say, oh, we fixed all our issues. Everything's good. Um, you know, but if you struggle, then there's a whole lot to, to be worried about. Well, let's look at some of the other games around. The, the big one for the Pac-12 is the Apple Cup. Yeah. And that's exciting as an ASU fan right now because that could be us in two years, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and 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 the second biggest game is is Colorado Utah, which, you know, again, I, I guess you know if you're an Arizona fan and you're staring at potentially zero and nine, Colorado was zero and nine two years ago. I think last year two and seven, and 
and here they are, you know, seven and one going for the conference title. So top yeah, 10 team I mean, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all three of those programs have, have uh, come out of the abyss in recent years. I mean, three, four years ago, they were all at the bottom. Well, at Washington, maybe not Washington had been a few more years, but Washington state and Colorado certainly were. And, and uh, you know, they've, they've all done a, a heck of a job of turning it around. I think that Washington's going to win, but I think that Apple Cup game could that that game to me will rival Ohio State Michigan as the most exciting game. Of the yeah, weekend. I think it's going to be a very good game, and I, I actually I think I think I'm going to go with Washington State. It's it's at Pullman. To me, that's the factor, and I, I, there was still a little something about Washington last week that just didn't look like they were clicking on all cylinders. Almost feels like they might have peaked midseason with the Oregon game and the Cal game and you know they were rolling along and USC came in and kind of knocked them down a notch and you know they had a they had a nice little recovery opponent in ASU but this game's going to be a lot tougher it's on the road it's a much better opponent and I don't know I there was something about them last week that still made me uneasy well I I hear what you're saying I am just a believer in what the Huskies are doing, especially defensively. Uh, you know, I think that Washington State is not going to be scared. You know, the book used to be with Washington State, if you, under Leach, if you could stop them from getting to 40, they were going right. to lose. And right. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to see a game that's probably played in the high 30s. Yeah. But I just think Washington is so talented on offense and, and that Washington State's defense is good, but it's not quite there yet. No, I agree. I mean, you, you know, saw Colorado have have a lot of success against them, especially as the game wore on. Washington State could not get the stops that that they needed to get. Um, I guess to me, it's just home field is the reason I'm thinking that pick. I think the teams are pretty even. I think Washington's probably a little more talented. I, I think they are. I mean, I think you'll see that over the course of time. Guys who go to the NFL, you're going to see more guys from this Washington team than Washington State, but. It just they're like I said. There's just something about what I saw from Washington last week that made me uncertain because they they uh, you know they had a nice little stretch where they scored you know 21 in a row on us, but besides that, they kind of were sluggish and you know didn't didn't play all that well against a team that really was overmatched and and it felt like they should have beat us by 50. I think that's fair, but I. I just I I got I got Washington. That's I got you. I mean, it's it's a game I think we both think is uh, a very competitive game. Um, yeah. So it's it's not like either one of us is necessarily saying one team is going to dominate the other. Um, so uh, you know we're we're on the same general wavelength, but you know different winners and variety is the spice of life. What do you think is going to happen, Michigan Ohio State? I think Ohio State will win. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I think both teams have, have shown a little vulnerability last week especially. Um, but it's at Ohio State, so, I, you know, I think you factor that in. And, you know, I, I don't think Wilton Spate's going to play, although Harbaugh is doing everything he can to, you know, day-to-day, and he's getting better. And, you know, but I just it's hard for me to believe with the reports that were out there about him that he's going to be able to play. So, um, I think you know you give the you give the nod to the team with the with the veteran quarterback who's at home uh, compared to the guy making his second start on the road. Uh, those are two pretty big factors that lean Ohio State's way. I agree. I think that between 
the injury issues and just the fact that it's at Ohio State and not at Michigan yeah. is enough yeah. to, to tip the balance here. It does remind me, and I know it's drawing the comparisons of that game where they were number one and two in the country. Right. Except I actually think the coaches might be better in this game than that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I think you could make that case for sure. Um, and that game, I remember being very unexpectedly high scoring. Uh, you know, both both teams were were you know not necessarily teams that scored you know forty plus. And I think the final was forty five forty two. I would I would guess this game will be more of a grinded out, uh, you know, twenty one to fourteen type of game, something like that, similar to how both teams played last week. You know, both teams' defenses are really good. Michigan's is very good. I think Ohio State, you know, had unbelievable numbers in four turnovers and defensive touchdowns and things like that early in the year. Uh, I mean, they're they're both really good defensively. I don't know what the weather will be factored into their games last week. Obviously, that you know, Ohio State played in the wind and Michigan had the snow. Um, so if the weather's different, maybe that opens it up a little. But I I think it's more of a low scoring grind out type of game. Someone has to lose there. If Washington wins, they would jump into the top four, you would suspect, going yeah. into it. Um, if you're Wisconsin, who's sixth, you got to take care of business against a, a feisty 8-3 and three Minnesota yeah. team in the Paul Bunyan-Zags game. But what you really need is Auburn over Alabama. Well, yeah, although I don't know that it matters for Alabama. I mean, I think that if they lose this game and they win next week, they're still going to go, and they're probably still going to be the number one seed. I don't know. This is losing a home game the final week of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I guess, I think all those losses a couple weeks ago by everybody else, you know, I mean, are you gonna are you gonna punish them for losing late compared to the teams that lost in week, you know, what eleven compared to week thirteen? I mean, remember, Clemson lost at home. Um, to pit, uh, you know, a, a, what, a seven and four team, um, Washington lost at home to USC, you know, Michigan lost on the road, but lost to a seven and four team. I and mean, those were not quality losses. Auburn at least is a, you know, ranked number 15. I think, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to lose this game. I think Alabama will win it and win it fairly comfortably, but I don't know that it matters for them. I think, uh, you know, if they, if they go 12 and one with an SEC title, I don't see any way they're going to get left out. What do you think is more likely, a one-loss Alabama team being l- dropped from the top four or a one-loss Alabama team forcing a one-loss Clemson team out because of a love of the Big Ten this year? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that either one I think is likely. I feel, like, I feel like if Clemson wins this week over South Carolina and wins the ACC title, that they'll go. Um, because again, like you said, Michigan, Ohio state, one of them's going to get, one of them's going to get a second loss. Um, so by default, that sort of bumps Clemson up to number three. I, I think to me where the interesting thing is, if you play out the scenarios, you know, I picked Washington state, but you know, let's say Washington goes 12 and one wins the pack 12. And then, you know, if Ohio state beats Michigan, that sends Penn state to the big 10 title game. You got the winner of that. Penn State Wisconsin game at eleven and two, winning the Big Ten. You know who who gets the nod there? The winner of the Big Ten with two losses or a one loss Pac twelve champ? That to me is is kind of where the 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 issue I think really gets dicey. I mean, Wisconsin's a good team. 
there's no there's no doubt about that at this point in the year but I'm I'm usually slow to push the anti Pac-12 button or the East yeah. Coast bias button. If a one loss Pac-12 team gets dumped for a two loss Big Ten team, that's a problem. Uh, no, I agree. I agree, and I and I, uh, you know, and I don't necessarily think they would. Um, but let's say it's Penn State. Let's say Penn State beats Wisconsin, and they've beaten Ohio State too, who theoretically we're going to put in at eleven and one. Um, you know, do you, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think I'd pick Washington, but boy, the, you know, Penn state would sure have a good, strong closing argument. Now, what, what helps is if one of these things happens, either Clemson loses, Washington loses, you know, one of, one of those things happen. Then you take your two big 10 teams, you take Alabama and Clemson and everybody's pretty satisfied, I think with that. But if none of those things happen, then it, you know, then it becomes a tough choice. I like that it's going to be people and not a computer, though. I will say I that. do, too. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I heard I heard Desmond Howard on PTI last week saying, you know, he thinks that, you know, and it, to me it was it just took, made no sense whatsoever that, you know, the system is, is no different than the BCS, except it has four teams instead of two, which is a pretty significant difference. Um, and also, it's too subjective. Subjective is good. Uh, subjective is okay. That allows us to sit and... And do these things where we say, well, you know, okay, Washington's got one loss and they won the Pac-12, but Wisconsin's got two and they won the Big Ten. And we think the Big Ten was a lot tougher and Wisconsin beat LSU and Washington's non-conference schedule sucked. So maybe they should be in. I I don't know. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I think it's good to have that kind of thing. I, I I don't like putting numbers into a computer and spit out this team's better. You know, that's that's not a fair way to judge things, I don't think. I'll say this also. I think that, you know, the Pac-12 needs something like this because I think it would be tougher to give a fair shake to the Pac-12. Now, look, if they if they wind up being out, then I'm going to have to eat these words when I come yeah. back and I talk about how unfair the system is to the Pac-12. But I know at the bottom, the conference is bad. But at the right. top... Washington, Washington State, Stanford, Colorado, USC, Utah. Those are six good teams. No, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, and, and I think, again, it's a, it's a little bit of a symptom of playing nine conference games. You beat each other up more. I mean, that's, you know, I think people kind of lose sight of that. The Big Ten went to that this year, and the Big 12's done it. But the SEC and the ACC don't. And so when the, AC, or when the SEC has a week like last week where six of their teams are playing either FCS opponents or group of five opponents at home and basically getting a cupcake win in the middle of November, the Pac-12 playing conference games. And, you know, and yeah, I mean, as it turned out, Washington had a cupcake win, but they didn't, you know, I mean, I still think ASU is a tougher opponent than Chattanooga, Louisiana, Lafayette, Western Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. So in well, Colorado didn't have a cupcake game. last Exactly. Week. Exactly. Yeah. You know, USC played UCLA. Um, I mean, those are those are conference games, and that makes a big difference to me. And and I think it's something that doesn't doesn't get noticed enough that you beat each other up. I mean, when you play nine conference games, you're playing your five division teams plus four teams from the other division. So unlike the SEC, where you you miss, you know what, eight games, eight game conference schedule, uh, six in your division, so you miss five teams in your conference every year. 
that's a huge amount of teams to miss. You might get a real good break and not play, you know, four really good teams. You don't get that break in the Pac-12. You know, I mean, you're you're going to face good teams. You know, you might get a break. You know, okay, maybe Stanford's not on your schedule and they're really good or Oregon or whatever. But you play nine of the 11 opponents, that's much more representative of the conference than eight out of 13. I mean, I absolutely agree. I think that that's one of the things when they talk about strength of schedule being an important factor here, everyone talks about, well, the SEC all beats up on each other. But they do it for one week less than everybody else. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and it's and it is a little imbalance. I mean, look at Tennessee this year. Tennessee's undefeated and they have in back to back weeks their two opponents from the other division, Texas A and M and Alabama. Well, Alabama's the number one team in the country. A and M was undefeated at the time that, you know, a, a probably a solid top twenty five caliber team. I mean, if their schedule rotation had been a little different and they got Mississippi State and and Arkansas, they might have one loss and be, you know, in the top five just by virtue of scheduling luck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's not, it's the roll of the dice and I get that, but it's, it's one of the things that makes college football open to these kind of debates because nobody sure. plays the balance and nobody has the exact same strength of schedule. But when the conferences are unbalanced and you know, we put a premium on the conference champ. That's one of the things that makes it hard for me to take mm-hmm. to take a non-champion. I mean, with with the way the Big Ten shakes out, yeah, it's possible that their champ is left out, and right. a team that didn't yeah. win is in. Yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now you know. Now again, I think I think using the you know, if you want to use this cliche, the eye test. Um, if Ohio State beats Michigan, they deserve to go, regardless of tiebreakers. And you know they lost they lost one game by what uh, four points, something like that at one Penn score. State. Yeah, one score. Uh, you know, on a blocked field goal, it was a bit of a fluky loss. You know, now give Penn State credit; they played well and they they made the plays late. But to me, Ohio State has done enough if they win this last game to go and and so I don't necessarily have a problem with not taking the conference champion uh if if you could say we think Ohio State is better than the conference champion and I think you can uh, especially if it's Wisconsin they beat Wisconsin on the road so if if Wisconsin goes 11 and 2 and beats Penn State and Ohio State's 11 and 1 I'm taking Ohio State every time same if same uh, it, you know comparing them to Oklahoma they went to Oklahoma and beat them up they should go ahead of Oklahoma no no ifs, ands, or buts. I think that's fair. Yeah, you know, so I don't know. Somehow the Big 12 is the, you know, is like the horror movie villain that you just can't kill. Everybody wrote them off in September, but, you know, we're, we're one or two surprising results away from the Big 12 champion Oklahoma or Oklahoma State getting into the playoff. Yeah, fluky things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Clemson is a team that, that – you know, if you if you are hoping for an upset, I think you circle Clemson because they just have been so wildly inconsistent all year. And last week was a great example. They come out first four possessions, they score four touchdowns. You think, oh, they're they're back. They figured it out, and then they sort of just kind of slug their way through the game. And all of a sudden, it's twenty eight thirteen in the third quarter, and you know they're playing defense. And again, this this could be a game. Now they end up winning. 
They won, I think, by three touchdowns, but they just don't seem to have that killer instinct that they had last year. They have it for little stretches, but I think it might come back to haunt them against South Carolina or Virginia Tech, if that's you know, or, or North Carolina, I guess, whoever they play in the ACC title game. It feels like they're a team much like the Lakers with Shaq, where they feel like they can play their way in. And yeah, just, you know, we'll, yeah, whatever it yeah. is, we'll turn it on if we need it. And one and one game this year, they didn't get there. They didn't, and, right? Yeah, and and they should have. I mean, they they were. That's another game. They're up by eight. They're inside the five. They're about to put the game away. They throw a pick, gets returned. You know, sixty some yards. They give up a touchdown. Then they fail on a fourth down, and they give up a field goal. I mean, it, they've just done that kind of stuff all year. And I think I texted you this when when they lost to Pitt. They have played all year like they were kind of, um, you know, guaranteed the right to get back to the championship game, and they're not. And and you know, it's right there in front of them. But I just don't know. I'm, I I think they're right for an upset. Do you think it happens this week, or do you think it's more likely to happen in the ACC title? Game? I think probably more likely in the ACC title game. Um, I mean this this week's game is at South Carolina, isn't it? I think it's at Clemson. I thought it was on the road. I'm trying to remember last year where it was. Let me pull it up. I'm pulling it up right now. They are home for Clemson. Clemson is the home team. Clemson's home. Okay, okay. So then I I suppose I would probably guess that they'll win that. Now, South Carolina's been a little bit better. They they went to their true freshman quarterback who – is actually should be a high school senior. He's the kid who, you know, left a year early to go. Um, and he's been pretty good and, and their defense is good under Muschamp. He always has good defenses. Offenses are hit or miss, but, uh, you know, they're, they're good enough to do it. I think Clemson will win this one. Um, but yeah, the ACC title game, I would be, uh, you know, either one, either Virginia tech or Carolina, both, both of them can put up points. You know, I, I think that's a very dangerous game to just assume Clemson's going to win. Well, I'll say this: South Carolina did get up and get Tennessee this year, so it wouldn't. Be yeah, the, they did. You know, it wouldn't be the first time they pulled off a massive upset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they've won four out of five or something like that since they went to Bentley. Uh, now they lost to Florida, you know, which is the best team they've played in that stretch, and and Florida made them look pretty bad offensively, but uh, but yeah, I mean they've they've turned things around a little bit. That's uh, you know, and again. Clemson has had trouble with not very good teams. I mean, they they were lucky to beat NC State. Kid missed a point blank kick that would have beat them. They lost at home to Pitt. Both of those, you know, NC State was at home. Pitt was at home. Troy was at home. They they struggled to beat them, and they only beat them by six points. So, uh, you know, the the feeling of oh they're at home they should roll hasn't really been the case this year. I think that it's important to consider whether Clemson's veteran leadership between, uh, you know, Gallman and, mm-hmm. you know, just if everything they can do, will they avoid getting frustrated by yeah. Muschamp's defense? Because Watson's had a great year, but Muschamp has a way of ruining even the best quarterback's day. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, uh, the the – big thing with Watson this year has been throwing picks um he's you know he's got a very high number of interceptions uh and and so that's the you know that's the equalizer Uh, and that was the equalizer against Pitt I mean he he broke the ACC record for passing yards in that game but he threw three interceptions two of them inside the 20 that's points off the board and and that's you know you lose by one point that's killer so 
yeah, I mean, those are the mistakes they just can't afford this week or next. Because, you know, like you said, South Carolina's defense will do that to you. And if you give them a little momentum and you start to get tight and the crowd starts to get tight, you know, I, yeah, I think that's possible. And definitely next week in the championship game, I mean, both of those teams are, I don't want to say either one is a great team. You know, they've had some head-scratching losses this year, both of them. But they're both capable. You know, they got good quarterbacks. They got good coaches. They can win that game if, if Clemson doesn't play its best. I'll say this. Clemson's a 24-point favorite, and it could go that way, but I don't think it will. I don't think it will. No, no. I mean, I think I think I read today South Carolina, every one of their games has been within 14 points either way. Um, and so they don't they don't blow you out, but they don't get blown out. And, I, yeah, I, I would not bet on it being a route. I think if, if they win, it'll be a, a kind of an ugly, unsatisfying, you know, 10-point, 14-point kind of win. So the last thing I want to touch base with you on is the Notre Dame story that came out. The NCAA is going to force them or is has ordered that their wins mm-hmm. be vacated, which Brian Kelly then said the thing that you and I have talked about, which <laughs> yes, is, well, we, we beat Wake Forest. I was there. We yeah. were in that national title game. I was there. Uh-huh. You know, what does this mean? And on some level, I think he's right. Look, the NCAA can take away wins. They can move these things yeah. around. You know, I think Joe Paterno lost, you know, 100 wins or whatever. Yeah. But, but then got him back. Yeah. but the, and, yeah. It, and it just doesn't matter. Nope, no, it doesn't. Know. No, no. I, I've always found that to be a really stupid, hollow punishment um, to, you know, to try to erase history. It, you know, it goes along with the same things we do with keeping guys out of the Hall of Fame or. You know, oh, this guy's not really the home run record holder. Yes, he is. Um, they won those games. Now, you know, it's a it's a bad look for Brian Kelly to have something like this happen on top of a four and seven, probably going to be four and eight season. Um, you know, it's and and there is a there's a little bit of me that looks at Brian Kelly and thinks he's like trying. He's almost pulling a Peter Gibbons and trying to get fired. Um, <laughs> Because the comments were not very humble at all. Most coaches will humble themselves, even if behind the scenes they don't think they need to. Those comments were very fiery. They were almost like, bring it on. Just go ahead and fire me. I don't care. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but it just almost feels like he's had enough and he wants to get out, but he doesn't want to quit and, and you know sacrifice all that money he'd be owed. I think that's fair. He certainly didn't humble himself, and, and I know no. the school's appealing right away, so yeah, no, yeah. Notre Dame I mean, is was, not taking this laying down. It was very uncharacteristic. I mean, you're right. I, I read it, and I even thought, I totally agree with him. I've said that to you hundreds of times about other schools and, and you know championships and banners and all this kind of stuff, but you just don't usually hear a coach say that. And, yeah, there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, – you know, we got to do a better job, and you know, I take responsibility. I didn't, I didn't hear that at all. It was, it was more like, uh, this isn't my fault. I'm not gonna say sorry. Uh, we won those games, and if you don't like it, tell me to leave. But just make sure the checks keep coming. Yeah, it was. Uh, and to be clear, what the NCAA found was it wasn't from the team. It was a right. student trainer, right, engaging in academic improprieties. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, is is one of those where, okay, it wasn't team organized, but you always get into that institutional control. Well, you know, now I, I always think that's ridiculous to expect that a head coach can 
you know, know what every single one of his 80 plus scholarship players are doing and making sure. I mean, it's just, it's unrealistic, but nonetheless, that's the way the system set up where regardless of whose fault it is, it's the coach's fault. And Brian Kelly was not going to fall on that sword. No, no, he did not. You know? Yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting time there. I, I mean, we talk a lot about Todd Graham, and I, I think it's kind of similar. He'll he'll get next year, and he should, um, but this season has been an unmitigated disaster for them. Um, and and uh, every way you could think of to lose a game, they found a way to lose it. You know, the game in the hurricane that was on when you were here um, where they couldn't move the ball and seemed to refuse to try to run the ball. Um uh, you know, blown leads. I mean, last week they're up 24 to seven in the first half and they end up losing by three at home, uh, which has kind of been a repetitive thing this year. They, they get out to great starts and they can't seem to adjust to other teams adjustments um, that, you know, they, they look great the first two or three drives. And then after that, the offense just goes stagnant. Um, so it's been a very bad year all around. And, he's going to go into next year with a whole lot of pressure to turn it around or, or get gone. And we're going to have a lot of time this offseason to talk about coaching carousels and coaching hot seats. Yep. But we've got at least one more game to recap, if not one more to preview. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. So until then, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.